You're listening to Bellwether's podcast with Matthews Joseph. Hey there, people. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bellwether's podcast today. And today I have Paul Kim. Uh, Paul is an art director. He's a designer and he's also uh, the founder of a journaling brand called Hello Revival. And uh, so, pa- Paul, thank you so much for being here with us. It's a true honor to have you over here. I mean, in, in mm-hmm. spite of his busy schedule, he just got got like a few 40 minutes to scratch, scratch it in and so that he could be here with us. Thank you so much, Paul. Wel- welcome to Bellwether's podcast. Yeah, excited to be here and excited to share my heart. Cool. So, uh, Paul, uh, do you like? Uh, can you like just like give us a short intro on what you do and what Hello Revival is about, just to yeah, give yeah. the audience a quick, I know, uh, an overall blueprint on what who you are and what you do? Yeah, perfect. So, I'm a designer. I'm a creative. I'm an art director here in Los Angeles, California. I've been here for most of my life, so this is this is home for me. Uh, and I also am the founder and creative director of Hello Revival, which is a faith-based brand that focuses on spiritual wellness. So as a faith company, we want to create products and resources that not only inspire people to be spiritually well, but also equip them and provide the necessary resources for them to achieve that. Um, So that's a little bit about myself and Hello Revival. Oh, that's cool. So basically, I just want to ask the first couple of questions on journaling, Mm -hmm. you know, and so firstly, I mean, do, do you journal? I mean, did you used to journal or something? Yes. Oh, yes, cool. so I love using planners and journals. Oh, wow, that's that's awesome. So, uh, how do you think like uh, digitalization has cha- challenged journaling? I mean, because you know, I mean, uh, we love to write. We love. I mean, I still journal, and I have like a lot of uh, journals still with me. But since this, the digital revolution has hit us, we have iPads, iPhones, and I mean, all, all, all mm-hmm. the smart applications. How do you think that digitalization has challenged the field of journaling? Yeah, that's a very great question. I think. With, this, with the world and kind of where we're at today with technology, like obviously journaling is not as popular as it was a couple of years ago, right? Like 10, 20 years ago. Um, with our phones in our pockets at all times, with voice memos, with copy and paste, there's just so many ways that digital, digital digitalization has challenged journaling. But I also think there's always an audience that loves writing on paper with a pen or a pencil, right? And I think one makes paper different than like compared to your iPad or your iPhone, it's the fact that it, it takes it takes more out of you. When you write something, you're it's almost like an artifact and it's something that you're putting together. Whereas, you know, if you copy and paste a bunch of things or whether you just type something really fast, it doesn't hold as much weight or value as it does when you write a whole page or pages of notes or thoughts. Um, so I think there's always a, a group of people who love that. So we're really big on that. I think for me, I really wanted to provide that for people with faith. Um, I think there wasn't much options out there when it comes to centering around our faith, our devotions, and our spiritual walk. So for me, as a founder, as a creative, as a designer, I wanted to create an avenue to do that. And so Journaling will always be around, in my opinion. As long as there's paper and there's ink, it'll always be around. I think there's value to it. Um, but I do think there's a digital apps or the programs or software, they're not necessarily bad as well. They're very helpful. I use them as well. Like I have a planner that focuses more on my dreams, my visions, my goals, and my routines. But I also use my Google Calendar app for all my meetings, my schedule. Like People can book meetings with me. And so it makes life a little bit easier, but I think there's a difference when you actually want to journal what your thoughts and like what you're feeling. Um, 
reflection, all of that stuff, I think you can't go wrong with pen and paper. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, that's well put because, you know, I think that's like very much legit because, I mean, uh, journaling has become like, you know, a lot of people love to do that because even still, because the, the smoothness of writing with a pen on your journal, I mean, I don't think you can ever get with the fingertips on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even exactly. though all the display station has changed, like uh, still, I, I know still a lot of people who still use journals and, you know, I mean, I personally mm-hmm. use, I mean, uh, but I I also keep make sure that I keep a note of it on my personal phone as well because I mean, I can't carry mm-hmm. my journal everywhere. I mean, because, you know, and all exactly. of a sudden I need something, I need to use that as well. So, you know, I think yeah. that is also a huge point that, I mean, even though like, there's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like journaling has become like very important to us. I mean, it's become very close to us. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, my next question is pretty much based again on it. Uh, how much do you think journaling can uh, make a difference in the everyday lifestyle of a common person? Yeah, I mean, there's been a ton of research over however many years of the power of writing stuff down. You know, it says something like our brains retain almost 90% of what we write compared to when we just type something or we just make a little sticky note. Um, So I think there's really power in writing stuff down every day. Um, For me, myself personally, it helps with my daily devotional life. You know, when I read the word, when I study scripture, it helps to write things down to put my reflection and my thoughts on paper. Um, so on a, for me, spiritually, it's been very helpful. But for the common person, there must, there, there's a million things that go on in our brains throughout the day, right? And we lose track of things. We lose track of what we have to do, what's next on our schedule. And so even simply waking up every day to write down your schedule of like, here, here's my plan for today when you write it down, you're more, you're more likely 90% more likely to remember what you wrote down compared to if you put it on your reminders app or on your notes app. So I think there, there's power in that, right? There's um, a mental side of things where our brains can retain more information. So I think that's why it's so powerful for people to journal every single day. Oh, yeah, I think so. Because because I, I remember reading about a study recently uh, that people who write about their I write down their ideas are 60% more likely to mm-hmm. achieve it than the people who just put it in their brains. So I think exactly. uh, that uh, the writing part is actually pretty much very, very important. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even like, even if it is like an iPad or, or a phone or even in a notebook, I mean, the writing part is like, you know, that's the challenging part. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you have to take yeah. it out. But, uh, but when you do that, I mean, think people, it, it, the study shows that people have actually been successful. And of the 60% who actually do that, almost 30% have, 35% has been successful. So, and mm-hmm. they have been millionaires or billionaires. So, and that exactly. is the key to, because, you know, the, the point, I mean, uh, when yeah. you write a journal or uh, not just being a journal, but, you know, even, even when you write your vision or what do you want to do in your life or what do you want with your business or what do you want with mm-hmm. an organization or what do you want to do in life i think that actually does make a difference i mean to adding on what you mm-hmm. said i mean i think it makes it i think it makes a perfect sense on how important journaling is yeah. to every single exactly. person wow, cool. mm-hmm. and you know what's interesting about that is hella revival was born out of writing on pen and paper ironically um it was about three years ago i just had a notebook a simple black notebook journal excuse me, I had a notebook and all I did was write down my ideas of like cool ideas, cool things that I want to do in my life. Um, It was kind of the first time I started really writing down my ideas in my brain, just because I wanted to have a little artifact, you know, a little journal to keep track. And Hello Revival was one of the first ideas in there um, of starting a faith-based resource product brand. Um, So it's funny that 
big ideas do happen when you when you write them down. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I I, I just got like you know enough data to uh to to substantiate what I just said from your experience. As well. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, that that that's, that was pretty cool. So uh, moving on, like you know, you worked as an art director and you worked as a designer on various projects. So you know, how do you think art directors, as art directors and designers, uh, we should adapt to the recent trends that are actually changing within the industry? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me right now, I work in the industry of digital mainly, <clears throat> whether that be websites or apps, um, but I also work with on a lot of campaigns, a lot of advertising, a lot of marketing. And so I think for me as a designer and art director, you got to keep in mind trends come from somewhere, right? And it's usually coming from research. It's coming from a group of strategists, uh, a group of business people who look at the business side of like, hey, what's trending and what's working? What's connecting with our audience? What's selling? What's making money for us, right? And I think for me as an art director and a designer, it's it's not to go against the trends. It's not to go against the data. It's actually to take that and enhance it, innovate, go to the next level. Um, but I think there's this like saying that, you know, don't follow the trend, go against the grain, do your own thing which is a great advice for anybody in life. But I think when it comes to, you know, creative, when it comes to design and art direction, it's actually not the right philosophy. If you go against the grain, you might not sell the product. You might not get your service shown. It might not connect with the audience, but to see globally, like what's going on, even nationally, what's going on? What are the, what are the trends? What is everybody liking? What is everyone wanting to see? That's very important as an art director and a designer to kind of get those trends uh, and the data, like you were saying earlier, data, um, and to use that to come up with solutions to connect deeper with your audience. So I believe in trends. I think trends are great, you know, but now with social media, trends happen every other week, right? On TikTok, yeah. uh, someone can blow up for riding a skateboard and drinking juice, and it could now become the most watched video of the year. Like that could happen in an instance. So that's the hard part of our job is that we need to keep up with the trends and uh, the latest things that happen. Uh, and it happens frequently, but I think that's really a part of the job of being an art director and a designer. Yeah, but I think you know, that's the the one thing that you just say, you know, when, when people say don't go with the trends, uh, rather uh, go against the grain. I think that's uh, that statement is very true, but uh, just like mm -hmm. I think it's not, but it is specific to certain fields. It may not be, I mean, it cannot be used in each and every other thing, especially like you said, like, you know, in the field of designing, I mean, go against the grain. I don't think mm -hmm. it is technically possible. I mean, yes, there might be some people who have went against that, uh, but there's mm -hmm. a lot that, you know, you have to keep up with the trends because, you know, they, you either keep up exactly. with the trends or you fall apart. And, you know, I think yeah. uh, one of the great examples, I think, uh, would be uh, BlackBerry because uh, when in 2007, Apple launched the iPhone mm -hmm. and like, I think BlackBerry was the people who actually said this is never going to work. And this is like the stupidest mm -hmm. thing that ever could happen. And for mm -hmm. almost 14, uh, 14, 14 years, we never heard where BlackBerry is or what happened with BlackBerry. Yeah. And I think it, it exactly. all changed because they did not adapt to the trends. They thought uh, the keyboard part was still good and they didn't want to just mm -hmm. like, you know, go ahead with the, uh, uh, with the, the, with the touchscreen design. And today, I mm -hmm. think that, I mean, we, we can learn a lot from all these things because uh, there's a mm -hmm. lot there's a lot to see from these because since they did not adapt, they could not survive. And they might be coming back again this year. That's 
the rumors say, but still, mm-hmm. the point is like, you know, when you don't adapt to the trend, you know, you fall apart and, you know, eventually your idea dies off. And I think that is like mm-hmm. a major problem with many of the uh, recent art designers and art directors mm-hmm. who actually come up with their ideas, but, you know, uh, they just want to stick with their idea. I mean, it, it might be good, but, you know, but uh, unless you have something that is like trendy and which can go ahead, you know, I don't think it works out. And especially like the TikTok one, he said, I mean, I recently saw one, a girl just sneezed and, you know, that became viral. And I was like, wow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing what, what TikTok can do. But to talk on your point about trends, I think if there's a perfect balance, right? Because if we use the Apple and BlackBerry as an example, like I love Apple, um, they but they started the trend, right? I think they, the iPhone yeah. was kind of like the main flagship phone with touchscreen, easy to use, user-friendly. They started that trend. And there are moments in time where you have to be a trailblazer or a foreigner and be the foreigner of the trend and start the trend. But I wouldn't say that's every time. If you're, if you're like BlackBerry and you're trying to do your own trends at all times, it's never going to work. You know, For example, fashion is a huge industry. I, I'm a huge fashion guy. If you look at a lot of the clothes, they're all trendy and they all kind of follow the same trend. But there always is that one person who started that trend, right? And right now it's all about basics and comfort wear, leisure wear, like wearing sweats and a sweater. It's not like everyone just said, hey, let's, everyone just woke up one day and was like, let's start making these type of clothes. One person had to start the trend and then the trend became a thing and everyone jumped on that trend. So I think <laughs> there's always a, a balance to that. Oh, yeah, that's pretty well said, you know, about how uh, we, we we have to be uh, more trendy about this. And I think uh, what Paul just said is like pretty good, great stuff about how you should be a more trend. I mean, the, the, the trendsetter rather than the one who goes with the trend, you know, the trendsetter actually makes this is the one who makes a difference. So over exactly. to our, like our, our last question, you know, and I think this, this is something that I really am looking forward to as well. So what do you think is like the golden advice from Paul Kim as an entrepreneur? Oh, that's a great question. As an entrepreneur. Wow. Yeah. That's a, it's a very big question, but I think I, I have the perfect answer and it's worked for us. Um, I've seen it work with other people, but my golden advice is really focus on the little things and the little things will make up for the big. And I come from a Christian faith-based background, and that's kind of one of the philosophies that Jesus has given to us in the Bible about, hey, don't worry about all the big stuff. If you focus on the little things, then the big things will happen. It'll, it'll make for that. And I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to business, that statement can't be any more true. For me, like more than having trust me, I'm a designer. So I value the nice website. I value the nice logo, the, the beautiful social media feed. Like those, those are all things I value and that I push to, to be excellent and to be great. But there's also the non-sexy stuff, right? There's the customer service. There's the operations, the fulfillment, the research. There's so many parts of business or entrepreneurship that's not sexy it's very mundane. It's, um, it's hard work, you know, and it's a lot of things that are behind the scenes, but I truly believe if we are excellent and really good at the little things, all the big things will make, make for themselves. You know, if I know how to be on a meeting on time, that's more important than actually getting the meeting because being on time will lead to more opportunities because then it'll build trust with people. Um, in that same way, when it comes to business, you know, you'd be surprised at how much uh, happens 
in a business. Like I did, like we're a pretty small business to even begin with. We're not, you know, we're not Apple. We're a pretty small business that launched for the, we've been around the last three years, but I would say there've been many conversations, many people reaching out, talking about collaboration, partnership, talking about all these things. And even me taking the time to listen to those conversations have led to bigger opportunities. And those are the little things, right? Those are the things I don't want to do. I don't want to respond to a hundred emails in the morning. Like it's, it's a lot. I'd rather be designing <laughs> the next, the next graphic, the next promotion, the next campaign. That's what I'm passionate about. And yes, I can hire people to do all the boring stuff for me, but as a entrepreneur, as the creative and the, the main founder of a company, you have to have your hands in all of that. And you have to treat all the little things very importantly, and that'll end up leading to the big. So that's my golden advice for any entrepreneur. Don't worry, don't worry about the big stuff, the sexy stuff. Worry about the things that are small, but that mean a lot. You know, the things that require hard work, that require grit, those are the things that'll get you to be able to not worry about all these little things. You know, you gotta take care of it first and then all the big stuff will take care of itself. Yeah, I think I'm I'm actually reminded by one of the famous quotes. Uh, I don't know who said this, but it's like this: "Think big, start small, move fast." And yes. I think that's a very legit quote because you know you thought big. I mean, three years back, I mean, you you would have never dreamed like you know in three years I'm gonna build my brand. But then in, in three years, mm-hmm. you 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 put in your hard work, you put in your passion, and you know that's where your purpose met, and then everything started working out mm-hmm. for you. I mean, yes, there was a lot of times. I mean, you're still growing in small, but there's still scope for you. Like, you know, and 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 I mean, you still have five five years down the road. It's gonna be even bigger, mm-hmm. and you actually know exactly. that you're actually working for that. And I think that is what actually matters the most. And you know, because being a visionary, I mean, you need to have a vision where your brand goes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, you know, you, I mean, uh, if if your thoughts are just in, thoughts in your brain, I don't think you're gonna get anywhere. But the moment the thoughts exactly. get into a book and you start writing it down and that turns into action. I think that's where the whole difference starts up. And that's where you become the, I mean, the entrepreneur in you starts getting light, mm-hmm. uh, lightened up and that's when you start working. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, just adding on to what you just said, but I think that was pretty great advice yeah. to people who were listening to. Uh, yeah. You want to add on something? I mean, I, as a, a I, mean I could give you, I could give you a great example. Like we look at people like Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos, you know, two of the most successful businessmen on, on the history of planet earth. Um, but they all had to start small. They all started in a garage in a tiny little office where they had to do the hard work, the things that people don't see. And I think a lot of times I meet a lot of young people who want to, you know, who have the drive and passion to start their own business, to do, their own brand or to do this big thing. Uh, But because we live in a social media generation where everything is instant, you know, we live in a microwave generation where if I don't have 50,000 Instagram followers by next year, then I'm going to give up, you know, or that means I'm not successful. And I'm really going to say like, that's so far from the truth. Like if you put in the work and you take care of the little things now, that's how Jeff Bezos became the leader of the world with Amazon and how Steve Jobs succeeded with Apple. It's the fact that back in the day, it was a garage. It was a small moment, it was little stuff, and it all built to a certain place. You know, Not everyone wins the jackpot in their lifetime. <laughs> it's very, very rare. 
I mean, yes, because, you know, I think uh, those, I mean, there's a lot of stories we hear about Steve Jobs. I, mean, I think he's like uh, the, one of the greatest visionaries uh, uh, that we ever have lived on the face of this earth, I would say, because <laughs> the vision that he had while starting Apple was massive. And Steve Wozniak, uh, his his uh, his co-founder, he said this, uh, I remember him saying this in a statement that uh, I, like Steve Wozniak says, I have the engineering skills, but Steve has the vision. So it is like basically yeah. like the vision is a driving factor. I mean, yes, there was a lot to do with the engineering, but the vision that Steve Jobs had, you know, he foresaw it in the garage that someday there's going to be a billion mm-hmm. dollar company. And guess exactly. what? It is like the big, uh, one of the big five tech companies in the world. And it is the first mm-hmm. trillion dollar company. And, you know, it, they, they, it's like, they hit up so many marks. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is something great to look up to them and be inspired. And, you know, I think I really mm-hmm. consider Steve Jobs as a great example as a visionary for what he has done and the vision casting that he has done and how he built up Apple. And I think that's pretty great too. But, you know, and... Agreed. Yeah. So is there like any, any any last words, you know, anything that you want to tell us to the art designers or the uh, directors out there? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, another thing I do is I mentor a lot of young designers and for me, my, my biggest advice is don't worry about other people. Don't try to compare to other people. I think of it like, you know, as an art director and as a designer, like if I were to paint my own canvas, it'll look different than anyone else's, right? Because a painting is, there's no two of the same paintings from two different people. And in that same way, I think a lot of times we get stuck in this mentality of comparing with that designer or Paula Schur from Pentagram, like I want to do work like that, like some big stuff, um, and which is great. Like that, it's good to aspire and to dream big, but don't let that be your crutch. You know, don't let that be your ceiling. Like everyone has their own path, their own journey, and this is kind of it ties into what we believe in at Hello Revival, which is really championing people to become the best versions of themselves. Um, and I think that applies for designers and art directors. Like you can be the next polisher. Um, you could be the next Paul Rand, but you will never get there unless you become who you are, who you're meant to be. And you bring your own taste and your own inspiration to the table. And, you know, I've seen a lot of challenges, man. Like we live in a day where technology is so advanced that ideas are never really original anymore, right? Because we have so much access to so many resources, whether it be online, whether it be books, just the amount of data and information in this world is, it's mind blowing. Um, but all that to say, it's, it's harder now to become more inspired originally, um, true to self. And so that's my real, real push for all the designers, art directors, entrepreneurs, like whatever field of, whatever industry and field your career is in, be the best version of yourself. And when you're at 100%, 150%, you'll be surprised at the impact you can bring, not only to your workplace, but to this world, you know? So that's my charge and my challenge to the listeners. Wow. That, that's well, well said, man. Well put. I think that's a great challenge for all those upcoming people uh, who are who mm-hmm. want to make designing and, uh, and our direction a passion. And, you know, I think that's pretty amazing. Thank you so much, Paul, for your valuable time and moreover, the, the words that you just spoke over to all these. I am sure mm-hmm. that this is going to be a huge inspiration for people who are coming up. And thank you so much for be, taking your time and being here. And you know, it, it, it was an absolute pleasure and a great honor to have you here and to interview you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to seeing the, the fruit of my conversation with you.
Definitely cool. All right, that, all right, guys. That was Paul Kim. That was him, uh, the uh, the co-founder of Hello Revival and the founder of Hello Revival and the creative head. And he is also an art designer and he's also an art director as well. And that was just the wise words that he just said. And that was a beautiful conversation with him. So make sure you guys check him out. The links to his description are actually the uh, the, the links to uh, his bio and his website and Hello Revival as a, is actually there in the episode description. So make sure that you guys check it out and also try to uh, try to buy a couple of Hello revival stuff I, I think is i am in journal the people who journal i think you guys are gonna love it so thank you so much guys for listening and thank you paul once again for being with us uh, have a great day and take care bye-bye thank you for listening to bellwethers podcast if you loved this episode do not forget to share and subscribe also we would really appreciate if you could leave a review thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode